This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy, and each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week, I landed on New Mexico. New Mexico. What happened there? Nothing. <laughs> well, something did happen. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about it. That's very true. I had I did New Mexico last season, and I remember having to really search <laughs> for like a substantial case. What? Which one did we talk about? It was the one where the guy went missing. Oh. It was like a couple of days before Halloween. He left his parents' house to go to a party and then he was never seen again. And they thought it was his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. Last place he was seen was like at a gas station. There was footage of him, I think, filling up his tank and talking to somebody inside. And then oh. and then he was never seen again. We should all go listen to that episode again because I don't know why I remember that in such I, great detail. You do. I am surprised. Yeah. You don't remember like not his girlfriend, ago. his baby mama. <laughs> and there were there. No, I'm being serious. It was his baby mama. And then they were going through a big custody thing. And that's why everybody was like, it's. And so that's why they think she had something to do with his disappearance. I have no recollection of really. Oh, uh, yeah. My my memory has been not the greatest, apparently. That that whole second part of it just came back to me like a flash. Like I like <laughs> it was like a fever dream. All of a sudden I was like, I remember this. Isn't it weird? As a side note, like when your mind turns into some sort of Rolodex and like something yeah. will trigger you to remember this flood of it. It's like listening yeah. to a really old song yep. and you somehow remember all the words. Yep. That's what I think about when it's like a Rolodex. Yeah, I see his picture in my head. One hundred percent. I don't know. Well, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's like you just unlock something and the, that memory comes forward. <clears throat> we should all go listen to that episode again. <laughs> it was a good one, I thought. <laughs> well, let's what talk about this about? Yeah. episode. <laughs> let's talk about season two, New Mexico. It was the morning of February tenth, nineteen ninety. And it was a quiet morning in the small college town of Las Cruces, mm-hmm. New Mexico. Uh, there was a bowling alley. Oh. Yes. We're I love talk a bowling about, alley. I know. I love bowling. Me too. We should go. I tried to tell my significant other to go bowling with me the other day, and he said no. I really want to go. <laughs> You let me know when you want to go. I'll go bowling with you. I love bowling. (laughs) Anyway, that morning, the bowling alley's manager, 34-year-old Stephanie C. Senak, was in her office preparing to open the business with her 12-year-old daughter, Melissa Repass, and Melissa's 13-year-old friend, Amy Hauser who was planning to supervise the alley's daycare that day. Okay. The alley's cook, Ida Hogan, was in the kitchen when two men arrived through the unlocked door. 
One pulled a 22 caliber pistol on Holgan and ordered her into the manager's office where she, Repass, and Hauser were already being held by other gunmen. The gunmen ordered all the women and children to lie down while taking approximately four to $5,000 from the bowling alley safe. Soon after, though, Steve Taren, the alley's 26-year-old pin mechanic, came. He had his two daughters with him because he couldn't find a babysitter that day. It was two-year-old Valerie and six-year-old Paula. He wanted to drop them off at the alley's daycare because, again, he couldn't find a babysitter. And not seeing anyone in the alley, Taryn entered the manager's office and stumbled on to this crime scene where all the women and children were being held at gunpoint. The gunman then shot all seven of the victims multiple times at point blank range. What the fuck? Yeah. What? And so what's crazy about that? Like in that situation, like if you were the pin mechanic, I pray to my maker <laughs> that I have like, what's even the right word? Like the, not the sixth sense or just like the instincts Right. To recognize that something's wrong in a situation. I feel like I do. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very well aware of, like, the energies around me. Yeah. So, and, I, and I'm and i able to interpret them usually pretty well. Yeah. Because I feel like it would, wouldn't it be weird if you, like, walked into, like, your place of work and, like, there's nobody in sight? Right. That would be so weird. And what they said was the the cook, she thought they were part of, like, a maid service. And... Didn't think even anything of it when they walked in that unlocked door. Mm. And then all of a sudden they pull out a gun. And I'm like, I'm going to ask questions if somebody walks into my Mm. place of business and I've never seen them before. I've never seen them before. I don't think we were open yet at this (laughs) point. No, it's about 30 minutes before they opened. So it was about 820. I bet you got about 30 minutes. You can step outside that door, but then they probably pull out the gun and. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah, that's just that's just crazy. I just I don't know if I was ever in that situation. I would I I would hope that my sixth sense would pop in. Yeah, like I would be in a in a very aware that something was wrong, and then I would remove myself from that situation before anything happened. Yeah, that's why I agree. The daughters too. Yeah, they shot the daughters. Yes. Oh my god. So, but we're. So, okay, I'm going to be jumping a little bit back and forth in here because um, I want to talk about, so about 13 minutes after the gunmans came, Mm -hmm. a fire was reported at the bowling alley. Okay. And officers responded to the call. So only 13 minutes did all of this happen. Um, They found Amy, Paula, and Steven had all died at the scene. Okay. And Valerie was rushed to the hospital, but declared dead on arrival. Oh, man. Okay. So this 12-year-old, what was her name? Melissa? I got to find the name because she's like, yeah, Melissa Repass. Despite being shot five times, she somehow got herself to the office phone and dialed 911 and telling the emergency people to respond immediately which saved her life along with her mother's and Ida Holgan's life. 
Wow. So that was insane to me. This 13-year-old somehow got the adrenaline Mm -hmm. after being shot five times to still call the cops. That's insane. Yeah. Um, one of the victims sustained serious injuries. She was alive when the paramedics arrived and she spent six months in the hospital with like the longest road ahead of her. Uh, her husband talked about how she had severe head trauma Okay. And she was forced to like relearn things. So like she would walk up to a water fountain and wouldn't remember how to turn on the water fountain or she couldn't walk upstairs because her equilibrium was all messed up and she's having to relearn every single thing. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about the investigations or investigations, investigation, when the police arrived, they set up 10 roadblocks surrounding all of Las Cruces within an hour of the shooting, and they were screening everyone leaving the city. Um, they were searching the area with planes and helicopters, but obviously no arrests were made. With the fire department coming and other first responders, most of the crime scene was contaminated and ruined. Because they were, of course, putting the fire out. Dan Trujillo, who is with the Las Cruces Police Department, said it was never an easy case to begin with. If you remember the facts of the case, there were several people shot. And then the suspect started a fire in a small office where the incident happened. And then the fire department had to go in there and put out the fire. The fire department... When they came to put out the fire, they got the bodies of the dead and wounded and had to be dragged out. And so the first responders had to come through the bowling alley and office to do their jobs. They used fire extinguishers and hoses to put out the fire, which, again, contaminated or destroyed the evidence at at the scene. Yes? I have a question. Clarification question. Was the person masked? Like, did they have a mask on their face? Did I hear that earlier or did I just make that up in my head? I'm pretty sure you made that up in your head. Got it. Okay. I was just very confused because I was like, wait a minute. If the lady saw them when they walked in and they thought they were part of the maid service, then that person saw that person's face. Yeah. Because it's like somebody like walked in wearing a ski mask. It's not like you're gonna be like, oh, there's the maid service. <laughs> like, Yeah. No. Okay. I made that. I made that detail up in my head. Thank you for clarifying. But it was so quick, right? Like, it was so quick that I don't think that, and and traumatizing. Yeah. When they walk in at 820 and there's already the fire by 833, which means that they were shot within that three minutes, crying, craziness, whatever it may be. And all for four to five thousand dollars. Right. You're going to kill seven, almost seven people. That's that's unbelievable. It's just that's that's crazy. Yeah. So the brother of the manager names his name was Steve. He actually worked at the bowling alley as well. And he had worked the night before, but was off that day. He came in in the morning for like a brief moment to pick up his backpack that he left there. Okay. When all of this came out and the news was 
covering it. He reported that he had seen two men approaching the bowling alley that morning as he was leaving. Um, And then the description he gave was two Hispanic males, which helped the police form a composite of who it was and was able to do a sketch. Okay. Later that day, the police brought him to a van. They stopped at one of the roadblocks with men who might have been the suspects from the shooting. And they were, they had, what was weird is they had a lot of cash in the van. Mm. And so that's kind of why they were also stopping them. Yeah. And they asked him to verify whether it was the men inside or the same man men that he had seen earlier, but he wasn't able to make a positive ID. Mm-hmm. And without anything substantial, the police had to, of course, let them go. Yeah. So the case to, still remains unsolved, but okay. it's still under active investigation. In 2016, though, 26 years after the shooting, the brother of the victim, Stephen... Mm-hmm. Or the brother of the victim, Steph, I think Stephanie, his name's Stephen, was in the newspaper and he noted in this day and age, things like this don't go unsolved. How did we not get these guys? That's the question I ask myself every day. Numerous people saw these gunmen. So someone out there knows something and they need to come forward. And yeah. that's like 100% right. Like, how how is this still happening? And... It says that two of the people were still alive. Yeah. Like, was how, it's it just is such a crappy situation because all the evidence was ruined. Yeah, 100%. And it just seems like such a quick job, like. Mm-hmm. Well, it, was, it happened in broad daylight. Like, first thing in the morning. Yeah. It's rush hour, 820 in the morning. Like, yeah. I think Las Cruces is pretty small, though. Yeah, but still. On one, on the other hand, like. But isn't that even more of a point? Like when it's a small town, true. you know everybody. But if it's like people from out of town, like the, from you know Albuquerque or like Santa Fe, and they came down to Las Cruces, you'd be like, oh, I don't know them. But even then, even more so, you'd you. I feel like I would make a mental note, be like, I've never seen them around before. Right, especially in a van. Yeah, I, I bet it was those guys that they stopped at the road. I bet it was. And there's no way. There's no way. There's no way it's not in my mind, the way I rationalize things. I mean, I agree though. Like there was clearly evidence that they look like the suspect. I'm not saying just to go off looks, but there was also a st- substantial amount of money in the van. Mm-hmm. What? Like, yeah. Where did you get that from? Why do you have this money? Mm-hmm. No one just walks around with thousands of dollars in cash. Mm-hmm. Well. I mean, no one we know. That's very true. Yeah, it's and there was no like CCTV or like anything at the bowling alley. Nothing. No. I mean, it was the it was 1990. Like, yeah, and well, now they're starting trying to build like DNA evidence okay. and sequencing from some of the evidence that came from then. Because but what would there even be? It's not like there was like any kind of sexual assault or or anything. So it's like. I guess hair, like fingerprint. fingerprints. Yeah, exactly. Like things that were not readily available to against a database before. Yeah. But it's still like, I mean, how viable is it going to be? Mm-hmm. And are we going to get a hit? I don't know. Like, 
like I said, uh, I think it was like last week's or the week before I, I was talking about like that case where it was from 1985. Yeah. And they were able to process DNA that was on a T-shirt. Yeah. And like recently, like back in like 2017. That's how many years like apart. So, I mean, I hope they do find something. I do, too. It's I mean, it's sad, especially when you're killing like a two year old and a six year old. Mm-hmm. I always that's like the most heartbreaking. I say it every time that this happens and I talk about it more often than I should like want to that I want to. But it's just so sad. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved America. Head on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow us at Unsolved America MVP. And be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. If you need to contact us, please email unsolvedamericamvp at gmail.com and we'll talk to you next week. This has been an MVP podcast, My Village Productions.